Prowler Resents, ProwlerResents.com. This is Adam Spiegelman with Eric Spiegelman. And no, no relation. Unfortunately for you, you're going to get some of that Spiegelman money. I know, I know it's a problem. <laughs> we got a huge trust that uh, <laughs> just waiting for you. No, we are not related, but we share the same unspellable name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I before E. Is it E-I or I-E? I'm pretty sure it's I-E. But G-A-L? Yeah, G. I think there's three L's. <laughs> So we're going to probably resent the movie Eric picked called Scissors, mm-hmm. 1991, yikes, with uh, Sharon Stone and Ronnie Cox. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why it was called Scissors until the opening shot, there's a giant pair of scissors. Yeah, she's she. It's, the movie starts in a scissors shop, uh-huh. which I didn't know was the thing. I didn't know that there were stores dedicated to selling scissors, but apparently there are. Well, before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had to go to Amazon, brick and mortar stores. Amazon just killed the scissor store industry. That's what uh, this, my speaker one family was uh, big in scissors. <laughs> and we lost all our money in that in picking shears. <laughs> uh, that was a bad We were big in thimbles. Oh, was that you? Yeah, that, oh, we were the, I was the, the th- my family were the thimble kings of Scarsdale. <laughs> no, no, we're not the thimble speaker ones. We're the uh, picking shears. Exactly. Ones. Yeah. So is this before or after? Should, we, should I know this already? Hmm. Her big movie, her big. Uh, this is. I think this is a couple of years before Basic Instinct. So and she's still the lead in this film. She's still the lead, and she was clearly picking sexual thrillers. Like she, she wanted to make a name for herself in sexual thrillers. That's uh-huh. the only. That's that's the only thing I can conclude from this movie. Well, I don't know how sexual or how thrilling this movie was. Well, it's yeah, it's not really thrilling, but like. Every it's the rapiest movie I've ever seen. Like every male character in this movie is trying to molest Sharon Stone throughout the entire. They're film. just grabbing at her. They're just grabbing at her. Like scene one, the old guy in the in the doll store grabs her ass. He seems so nice. He seems so nice until all of a sudden he's just a molester. It's so creepy, and she she's like, uh, hey, maybe you should not be grabbing my ass. Yeah, and how she does it. She's so polite. She's like, just stop asking me out. Just. I'm not I don't want to I'm not interested in dating you but you know I'll still come in here and let you grab my ass yeah that's weird like she wouldn't walk in like stand a mile away and no. punch him in the face I, like, I, there are she's a I think the her her thing is that she restores old dolls so she goes to him as a old doll source I feel like in New York City you might be able to find another doll shop all right so here's the thing it says thrift store on it mm-hmm so it's a thrift store, which means they sell old crap. And he's like, you can take this doll for $20, which seems high for a shitty doll. It does. And then you can turn it around, and then I can sell it again for more money. But thrift stores don't usually work like that. No, no. that's um, That seems that seems different. Yeah. yeah. And then he grabs her ass. Then he grabs her, her ass, right. Yeah. right. So we learned that about her. She likes scissors because she bought a pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. She restores dolls. Mm-hmm. And she's polite to rude people. Yeah, and she's just she's just a magnet for creepy dudes, for creepy rapey dudes. Yeah, yeah. Because the next scene, she's she's in her apartment and she almost gets raped in by a stranger in the elevator. And then she meets her neighbors, and one of them's a creepy guy in a in a uh, in a wheelchair who spends the whole movie spying on her. Or it's the guy in the the rapist number two of the film, <laughs> the guy in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Who ding every time someone tries to rape Sharon Stone, you take a drink. <laughs> He, he, we know he's a rapist because he's wearing a ski cap and mm-hmm. he pulls it down a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he turns around to rape her. Like yeah. he's got to put on his costume. And he has, he has like, he has the like quintessential rapey lines. He's like, you know what I want. <laughs> give me what to, give me what I want. I mean, we're laughing at this, but yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Eric Spiegelman who's laughing. Adam Spiegelman, our side of the family is very sensitive, but he, uh. <laughs> No, not only does he say that, but it's badly dubbed. Like, oh, yeah. I thought about it later, like, oh, you know, we don't have any rapey lines. <laughs> people might not get that the guy in the, 
ski cap jumping on top of a woman while she says no is raping her. Right, they right. need rapey lines. Yeah. The test audience was like, what's going on? Are they picking Porchisi? Mm-hmm. A little backgammon? What's going on here? It, I mean, it's confusing. The first time I saw it was with the sound off, and I thought they were just playing nicely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You thought it was <laughs> WWF. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, That's not true. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> I know. It's really I know weird. I can, I can identify rape. When you uh, told me the film, I looked it up on YouTube, and the scene that's on YouTube is that rape scene. I was like, "Oh boy, how are we gonna talk about this movie?" How well, the gonna... whole the whole movie's on YouTube. They got it into seven parts, uh-huh. and like that's it, you, it was on Netflix up until recently. And I, I watched it again to, in preparation for this, and watched all seven parts on the, the YouTube videos. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a sensitive topic. It's a sensitive topic, but let's talk about this crappy film. Yeah, so yeah. It's one of many. So she goes to a therapist to talk about the rape or talk about... She she clearly has problems with dudes. Um, she has been seeing a therapist for a while, and he's trying to... He's it's, Sorry, it's a hypnotherapist. That's yeah, the yeah. first thing to, to find out, that, that she's just she's decided to go through hypnotherapy to figure out what her problems with dudes are. fucking Obamacare, that's <laughs> why. There's no other reason. So she has... So through hypnotherapy, he discovers she has a repressed memory of somebody named Billy. Uh-huh. And this is clearly, like... Like, clearly her history with rapey guys goes all the way back to childhood. And she's uh, blocked it out. Then she goes home. She meets her creepy neighbors who are equally rapey. And then- Man and a woman. Yeah, yeah. And then just to just to sort of jump ahead, because those are minor characters who don't actually have any real role in the film. The guy in the wheelchair? Yeah. He doesn't do anything. But he keeps showing up. Is he a red herring? Maybe he's a MacGuffin. Could he be a MacGuffin? He could be. <laughs> are they trying to find the guy in the wheelchair? <laughs> I need to get- the, You took the guy in the wheelchair. I need to get him or the world will explode. It's a total red herring because his thing is that he's not actually in a wheelchair. Which like, makes no sense He's either. faking. So what, right? So what? But that's it. That's, that's his it. entire- That's all he does. He's a guy in a wheelchair who's leeching off his actor brother, and then he's not in a wheelchair anymore, and that's the end of him. But we learn, right, we learn early on, so we think, oh no, he's oh. going to do something terrible. Because oh yeah. He, but he doesn't. No, he he just he paints he paints these really bad pictures of of Sharon Stone. And he tries to rape her. And he and he tries to, he, he, he grabs during her. a party. He like backs her in with with his wheelchair. He like to the bedroom. He won't let her out. He's like yeah. guarding the door with his wheelchair. <laughs> so he he shows her the, the creepiest picture of like kind of her being attacked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by like a giant by like a, like a monster. Yeah. And he's Not- like, you know what this is, don't you? And she's like, let me go. Yeah, this is a, you know, this it is cuts terrible. too close to cut home. This bad painting. Yeah, when you say, "Why don't you come up and see my etchings?" It's not usually of you being attacked or right. raped. Yeah, yeah, it's not really what you had in mind. Usually, they're allegorical etchings. I think. I think. Oh yeah. yeah I don't know. I mean, anyway. I'm impressed that he had actual etchings. I mean, usually, you know, you say, "Come upstairs." Well, he was saying that, so he traps her in his wheelchair. Yeah. She goes gets out by going around him. Yeah. So I think I think we need to skip to the really weird part of this movie. Or because it becomes a different movie. Altogether. Because it becomes a different movie in like exactly the halfway mark. So she's unemployed, Sharon Stone. She's unemployed in this movie, and she has some sort of tep agency that calls her. To give her jobs, and she gets a call one day. Hey, go down to this address. You've got a job. It, I don't think they describe what the job is. They're just like, you have a job, and she's like, okay. And she goes down to this building. Yeah, that was weird. I thought maybe she was an actress, because they never say what the job is. No, they never say what the job is. She just got a job, and so she goes down to the building, and it's this like architect's experimental apartment where all the furniture is bolted to the floor. There's a room with a, a model of a city block on it like a scale model, and the point of the apartment is that it 
it blocks out noise and it appeals to your mood by changing the lighting automatically based on how you feel. So it's it's this sort of weird experimental space and whoever brought her there locks her in it. Yeah. And that's where she spends the rest of the movie is locked into this weird apartment while someone is basically messing with her. They're doing all these things to screw with her. Like, yeah. She tries the, the doorknob and it turns out to be a rubber ball. Yeah. And yeah. it falls down. And then she tries to break the windows, the floor to ceiling windows with her furniture, but the furniture is bolted down. Yeah. And then she finds a dead body in the bedroom, stabbed with scissors. What? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we have to we forgot to mention that when she's raped she's when there's an attempted rape in the elevator, she stabs the guy with the scissors that she bought at the store. And he leaves with the scissors inside him in yeah. his leg and he goes, uh, I'm gonna get you later on. But you don't see his mouth because they they did it later. So the apartment also has a a number of creepy talking dolls, which I, which play a central role in whatever's happening in the apartment. I feel like there was a scene missing, <laughs> or maybe too many scenes, because the dolls were there, and there's a whole thing with her backstory and the dolls. Mm-hmm. And how did the doll know what she was going to say? The doll was talking to her, or is she going crazy? Well, I think the apartment was designed to make her go crazy. The, she pulls the string on the doll, the doll's like, what's your name? And she goes, Angie, because she's talking to dolls. Because when you're trapped in an apartment and you can't get out, like, you just talk to dolls. That's what people do. I but suppose. you ask the doll, because you got to be polite. Yeah. You know, you dress the doll. Hello, doll. Hello, doll. And the doll's like, the doll goes, that's a pretty name, Angie. Nice to meet you. And she promptly freaks out, as I would. Oh, well, yeah. I would totally freak out in that situation. Be. The doll and said, uh, I'm okay, Mr. Spiegelman. I would hand it to you and run out. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, no, no, you got the wrong Spiegelman. <laughs> Yeah, what would you do in that situation? If you were locked in an apartment you can't get out of? Well, I would I would try to smash the windows. Uh-huh. I would see if there's anything good on TV. Yeah, I feel like I would... Uh, nothing, not to jump the gun, but I feel like I wouldn't get anything done because I'd just be checking my phone every four <laughs> <laughs> Well, this, that's the thing about this movie, is that this movie could not exist during the cell phone era. Like, 1991, oh. there were no cell phones. Yeah. Easy way for this movie not to be made now because you... You could just be like, hey, call a friend. I'm stuck in this weird building. Let me out. Here's how you fix that. Yeah. Put everybody on sprint. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's the bird. There's the bird. There's also a bird because in the room with the dead body, there's a talking minor bird who is trying to, the, the bird is trying to convince Sharon Stone that she killed the guy in the bedroom. And she's freaking out because she's like, no, I did. And the guy in the bedroom has a beard like her, her rapist. And that's just all there's very confusing. There's a red confusing. beard we keep hearing about. Yeah, there's red beard. She even freaks out at, at the party before she gets raped. Yeah. After she gets attempted rape, she sees a guy with a red beard. She freaks out. Mm-hmm. And her friend says, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's just a guy I know. By the way, the guy yeah. at that party is very creepy. He's a creepy red beard guy. Oh, it's awful. Everyone in this movie is creepy. Every yeah. single actor even is creepy. Even her boyfriend, the love interest, I thought he was going to do something. Oh, yeah, he was so creepy. So, oh, so anyway, so she kills, or she thinks she's being told she killed this yeah. guy, the red beard. So then she has a good idea. Okay. She has an idea. She's going to take out the bird, tie a note to its leg, and shove it through the ventilation system. Like, with the note says, help, I'm trapped in this building. Mm-hmm. So she she tries to do that, and she messes up the first time, and the bird attacks her. So there's, like, some Hitchcockian bird Thank God. attack. Because that's, yeah. It was an homage. Because, like, great poets steal, minor yeah. poets only borrow, right? Sure, and this sure. is a great poet movie. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. A great. This is big time. Um, and then she gets the bird out. She manages, She tries a second time, and the bird goes out, and she's, like, hoping and praying that that it's uh, 
that it goes. But then then the things in the apartment start to start changing on her, right? Mm-hmm. So like so like things are moving around. There's new creepy things talking to her, and then she walks into a room, and all of a sudden the guy who's who's was dead in the bedroom is now sitting up pretending to eat, and there's the bird on the plate cut up into pieces. Oh, I didn't even like, notice that. Yeah, like, oh, and so he's creepy. as if the dead guy is eating the bird, and that's so when that's, the bird. that's when she loses it, and she falls on the floor. And then she remembers her repressed memory in that moment. She yes. remembers who Billy was. Who was? Who was her rapey stepfather. Right. Yeah. Yeah, usually that guy's name is Todd, the rapey stepfather. <laughs> but Billy, I guess it's an interesting time. Billy's a weird name for a stepfather, Billy. It's like, just too Bill, nice, right? William. Fucking William. I'm just trying to think, like, fucking Todd sounds right. Yeah. My stepfather, fucking Todd. Fucking Todd. Yeah, see, that works, but fucking Billy. Billy. Yeah, that's actually, it's such a bad choice for a name that it confused me uh-huh. watching the movie, because I assumed Billy was like a child. That too, and yeah. I also thought it was like her boyfriend, maybe. So her stepfather raped her, and her mother stabbed him with scissors. That's right. That's the repressed It just feeling. all came full circle. So if you were to, and, and spoiler alerts are coming, <laughs> if you were to be a hypnotherapist, you would learn this stuff. You would learn this stuff. Yeah. You're dancing around the edge of the spoils, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the bird, she can't get out. She can't break the window. There's an old couple that's down on the street, and they see her banging on the window. and They don't do anything? Because this is New York in the early 90s before people helped each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is pre-9-11. This is, this is not Bloomberg's New York. This no, is... no, no, no. It's still Giuliani's New York. <laughs> that's, it might be Ed Koch's New York. Or uh, even was worse. Ju- when, Ju- yeah, it could be. It was. It was. Uh, no, no. What about Dinkins? It would have been Din- this is Dinkins era New York. Oh, yeah. Nobody helped each other. No. Yeah. People were living in Thompson Square Park, shanty towns. <laughs> People yeah. getting locked in psychological apartments. Hey, by the way, you couldn't afford that apartment now. It would have to trick her to go to Queens. No, I mean. It, the new version. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that apartment had, that was like a two-bedroom apartment with a full kitchen. It was huge. It was huge. Yeah, I would, uh, if they said, you can stay in this apartment, but you have to uh, be trapped a, in there. I was like, yeah, well, how much is the rent? It had 12. a lovely sunken living room. It was really nice. Yeah. It was definitely a good set. Yeah. It was not an apartment. Oh, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, I guess Kevin Smith read a story in Craigslist, right, Rich? That, uh, all right, there's an apartment. Mm-hmm. You can stay in this apartment for free. Mm-hmm. But, listen to the but, the, the landlord gets to throw fish at you, and you have to wear a walrus costume two hours a day. Would you do that? Uh, where's this apartment? Where was it? Let's just say in your neighborhood now. You can talk up, Rich. I know you're not a mic, but. LA, maybe? All right, let's say. If it were in LA, no. No? No, I wouldn't do that. If it were not, if it were, no, but if it were like, if it were like Soho. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, I wanted to live in New York. York, Yeah, yeah, Soho. I would probably do that in New York, but I would, I would probably have been more open to doing it 10 years ago than I am now. Right. Like now. Now I don't put up with fish throwing. <laughs> Would you have definitely done the ten? I drew the I drew the line in my thirties. Like, really? Is no that it? more getting pelted with fish. <laughs> that was it. You know what? I'm done with this. Yeah. I wiped the salmon off my face, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna start a new life. Yeah, but definitely in my twenties, I would have done that. Yeah, I would have done. I I lived in a, a storefront apartment. Mm-hmm. Cockroaches walking on me and stuff. Mm-hmm. I put up with four hundred dollars a month. What am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. It would be a little awkward if you had guests and you were like, wait. Hold on one second. I got to do this thing. Daddy's got to work. Yeah. <laughs> that would be weird if you had kids. <laughs> and they're like, oh, where's your father? So I'm going to fish throwing up. Don't worry. It's okay. Oh, they would, they would think it was great. I think in New York, it would just seem normal. Like, 
if you were uh, a social worker mm-hmm. and you came by New York, Loft, Soho, beautiful. Yeah. And the kids are like, oh my, where's your father? And they're like, oh, he's in the other room in a walrus costume being slapped with a salmon. You would be like, really for free for this place? Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. You would be like, oh, I hope this guy dies so I can get his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fine. Yeah. We didn't did talk before. Where was the apartment? Yeah. Definitely Soho. I think, I think that would happen. All right. So, uh, <laughs> we we went off topic, but this going, film going back to what you would do to live in an apartment. Would you be psychologically tortured for three days? Would you if it were this apartment? Um, maybe. I don't know what part of town it was. Do you know? Uh, Did they even say? No, it was. I, it looked like downtown Manhattan somewhere. I couldn't tell exactly where. Yeah, it looked like generic downtown. Yeah, that's why I thought it was shot here in L.A. Yeah, it could. I mean, yeah, it, it may have been shot, but I, th- I think it definitely took place in Manhattan. Because um, the scary voice had a New York accent. <laughs> Boo! Forget <laughs> about it. Boo! Nothing. Oh, literally, I'm in New York, and I'm walking by a construction, the scaffolding uh-huh. on the sidewalk, and construction workers. And it looked like, it just looked like we would be in their way. So the people in front of me slowed down because they thought they'd run into him. Uh-huh. And, and so did I. And so, but the construction worker goes, keep moving, <laughs> nothing to see here, just regular construction going on, nothing to see here. As a tourist, that's amazing. <laughs> that's a real New York moment. I wanted to tip the guy. You should have. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. Thank you. You should have thrown a fish at him. <laughs> oh, is rent due already? <laughs> Hi, I'm Asta Paredes from Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1 and 2, and you're listening to Proudly Resent. Make a comment or suggest a film at reachadam at mac.com. Join us on Facebook. If you like the show, put the episode up on your Twitter, Facebook, stumble upon, dig, you know, all those things. I'm Eddie Pepitone, and my Twitter account is at Eddie Pepitone. So all of a sudden, this movie becomes her trapped in an apartment movie. Yeah, and I it's, didn't expect that at all. Now here's the thing: like, it's I don't know if we can stress on your podcast how weird this apartment scene is because it goes on for like a half an hour at like, least. She and like everything is weird. Like dolls are talking to. Her. There's all these like creepy zoom in shots on or, ornate doll faces. Uh-huh. Um, there's a talking bird saying she's she's she killed this man who's lying dead in a in a bedroom with a pair of scissors sticking out of his back. At some point. There's there's a TV set, but it's not a TV set. It's three TV sets, mm-hmm. and they just go on automatically, and each one has a different rapey dude from her past on it. And she's just watching them, and she starts talking to them because that's how, I guess, they decided to show that she was cracking because she starts talking to the TV sets. And after she walks in and sees the the dead guy eating the bird, she just collapses. And that's when we move on to like the final scene where... Spoiler! Spoiler well, alert! Her boyfriend's yeah. investigating her murder, or where she—I mean, sort of barely. He got in a cab and he's driving around New York. Like that's he, his investigation. He's like, "I'm going to go look for her." And his evil brother in the wheelchair is like, "It's a big city," and he's like, "I don't care." That's but his brother is just a dick. It turns <laughs> out. Could you figure his brother kidnapped her, and that's the red herring because he's saying, "Yeah, don't look for her. Stop trying to get into her apartment. It's okay. Fuck her." Yeah. It turns out he's just a jerk. He wasn't trying to hide anything. <laughs> yeah, he's just a, he's just a he's just a bitter a bitter fake handicapped guy. He loves good parking. That guy. Yeah, that's he one does. thing about him. Yeah, and he likes to go in the ball games first, but he. Uh, I don't know. Oh, so the, he gets a telegram, the boyfriend. He gets a telegram saying saying that this is Angie and I've left town for three days, but he doesn't buy it because Angie's cat is clawing at the door, and he's like, Angie would never leave her cat. 
Also, it was 1991. What? I mean, I get it's before cell phones, but it's way after telegrams. <laughs> Come on. That's a good point. <laughs> Jack Benny sent I got it? a telegram. <laughs> Not kidnapped. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Everything fine. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, see? And the boys in the ground. Like, you could have faked the letter. You could have done something better than that. So, yeah, he won't buy it because A is a telegram, B, the cat scratching the door. And he doesn't break down the door at all. No. He tries to convince the landlord to do it, and he won't do it. Well, the landlord says she changed the keys. Yeah. That's your apartment, fucker. <laughs> that, the whole job is to make sure you can get into that apartment and resell it. Yeah. Dummy. Yeah, so he's like, I can't do it. And so he basically spends 20 minutes figuring out that she's not in the apartment. Yeah. He's well, like, he knocks at the door. He, I think he slips something under the door. That gets pulled away. He tries to open the door, and then finally resorts to, like, breaking in through her, through her, her, her balcony. Right, which is a good scene because he falls and you think he's going to drop him dead. Yeah, and when yeah. he makes it in there, and it turns out right. Not only it turns out that she's kidnapped, right? You right. realize she's not there. So the first thing, he jumps into action, feeds the cat. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, first things first, all yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I would too because the cat's probably rubbing against his leg. Like, all right, I get it. You're hungry. Yeah. All right already. And then his brother confronts He didn't change the, the cat's litter box. No. <laughs> he did not do that. That apartment stinks, I'm oh, sure. Oh, imagine, yeah. yeah. He was just standing there for a while. By the way, we should also mention that there were so many dolls in Sharon Stone's apartment that she couldn't sleep on her own bed. Like, that was that was a little overlooked little bit of weirdness, is uh -huh. that she has so many dolls in her, and she's, she's basically a crazy cat lady. Yeah. A crazy cat doll lady. And she sleeps on the couch because there are too many dolls in her room. She's not doing good reselling these dolls. She's just keeping them in the apartment. Yeah, I mean... And the pig doll. The pig doll. Doesn't at one point the pig doll in the beginning before she's locked in, in the apartment moves up and like... No, it just... She just... She takes a... So she has she has some sex issues. She yeah, has some sexuality she's issues. She's a virgin. Turns out. So in the gratuitous naked Sharon Stone scene... She takes a look at herself in the mirror, and then she gets freaked out because she looks at the mirror, and the little pig hand puppet is, like, staring at her. He's giving her a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. Yeah, that, that was weird. I think they might have cut it from YouTube, or did it black out because she was naked? No, you saw her naked on YouTube. I it's, look back. it's not exactly an official channel for this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, just some guy put it up. Yeah. He, his whole channel's like all these like really low rent early 90s and late 80s movies. I'm going to watch some of the other ones. I hadn't heard of them, but it looks great. I love it. And that, what I love about YouTube is if, if it was an official channel, he couldn't show nudity, but uh -huh. he could still steal the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you could take the movie legally, put it on YouTube. As it's long been as up there for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. Just search, just search for scissors on YouTube, and it'll be right there, all seven parts of it. I'll put it up on the website, proudlyresents.com slash scissors. But uh, it, w it did get a little confusing after a while to, to find it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's seven parts. The last part, thankfully, is the shortest, but it still wasn't, it was still pretty long. Yeah, I mean it's a good, it's a good, it's a good ninety-minute movie, if not longer. Yeah. And I, maybe some of it is just uh, in the apartment, just padding some filler. Mm -hmm. I heard just running around. So the guy gets in the apartment, then his brother, the wheelchair-bound brother, is blocking the front door. Yep. And then they get into a, they get into a fight, right? They get they get into a fight. The I don't brother know. stands up at him. He goes, "You you lied to me." Yeah. Yeah, but so what? Yeah, it's done, and it just resolves somehow because he goes and he gets in the cab to look for Angie. And how does he find her in the apartment? He doesn't. He doesn't. He, he, well, we have, we're, we're still skipping around the spoilers. We're trying to protect your audience. That's the best part. Yeah, should we just dive into it? Again, and you, listen. Yeah. Okay, so here's what happens. Go, go to part so seven. So the big twist of the movie is that 
it's hold on. I feel guilty. <laughs> All right, fuck it. All right, everyone who wants to watch this for themselves, turn off right now. Right. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. Okay. All right. We good? All right. All right. So the whole thing was a ruse by her psychologist. Like her hypnotherapist. Her hypnotherapist sets up this whole psychological experiment. Basically, we don't really know why. And we don't why. Well, he's trying to he's trying to set her up, right? Her wife his wife is a politician who looks yeah. just like Sharon Stone, has the same hair doing everything. Yeah. I yeah. thought that would be a plot point. All the women are blonde, but the other wife too, the neighbor in the wheelchair, his wife looks like Sharon. Oh, that's older right Sharon too. Stone. So she's having an affair with that big guy. Mm-hmm. And so this, the hypnotherapist kills the big guy with the scissors, yep. locks him in that apartment, and puts her in there to make it look like she, she went him. crazy. Yeah. Why is she in the apartment? We don't know. Yeah. Why does she have a pair of scissors? We don't know. But it but also we, turns out that the that the red-bearded man was the hypnotherapist wearing a fake beard. Yeah, that was weird, too. He just, all of a sudden, he <laughs> see him take, sorry, he see him taking off, I apologize to the microphone. Uh, to your ears. You see him taking off a fake red beard. And, yeah. And looks in the, I and didn't see him in the beard before. The big the big reveal is that in hypnotherapy, I learned all of these repressed things about Angie and I used them against her right. to frame her for the murder of your lover. And then the wife's like, all right, you're crazy. Says, but if you stick with me, you can still run for Congress or whatever bullshit thing you're running for. Yeah. So she starts covering up the murder. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you're going to ruin your chance, which makes no sense. It's kind of foreshadowing Anthony Weiner a little oh, bit. You think so? You think a little, little bit? bit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's poor wife. She's like, all right, I'll, I'll go with anything. Exactly. Yeah. So, so like, because there's not a chance in hell you would ever figure out the plot of this movie on your own, they, mm-hmm. they bring the guy in to be like, this is exactly what happened. I he pretended does. to rape her, and then I brought her here, and then, so Sharon Stone's in, like, a fugue state at this point, because she's, walking she's just walking time. around polishing stuff, right? Yeah, she's yeah. just, like, white, she's, like, doing house cleaning, and... She comes to her senses by stepping on the red beard, which, by the way, I actually thought was a good little thing. He takes off the red beard and drops it, and you never think about it again until she slips on it. Mm-hmm. And then she looks down and sees a fake red beard, and I guess it all comes clear in that moment. Mm-hmm. And she realizes what her hypnotherapist has been up to and just leaves. She just walks she out. She just walks out, but, like, nobody thought to fix the door. So the bad guy's locked in the apartment. I thought that was a great <laughs> twist. That's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> He's she, just locked in. Yeah. He and he and his politician wife are locked in the apartment, and and that's how she gets her revenge, and that's the happy ending. It is kind of happy. And he's standing at the window, smashing at the window with his pair of scissors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, going, no, Angie. And she looks up all right, to show that she's sane. Look, she looks crazy, but she's sane enough that she did it on purpose. She's looking at him as she gets into the car. Uh-huh. And you're like, all right, she made eye contact. Then she gets into the cab, and to show that she's still looking at him, she's got her head in the back window, <laughs> leaning back like a dog, looking up at him like, I'm still crazy. I'm still looking at you. They could have got a convertible. They could have done something. But, uh, yeah, they had her looking in the back window. It, it just looked really nuts. Yeah. But f- that's also the very fortunate moment that the guy looking for her, the guy who has presumably been driving, all, driving yeah. all over Manhattan in a cab, she walks out of the apartment onto the street, and five minutes later he shows up and is like, Angie? No, no, he found, all right, in fairness to the film, I just remembered, he found the address. Where did he find the address? She wrote it, this is the old school, this is before the internet. Uh, he, she wrote it down on a pad, 
So oh. he he went a bloodhound gang and took a pencil and I'm, rubbed it on the side and it came the indentation. Okay, came you know up. why I missed that? Because the YouTube quality of the videos it was it was two hundred and forty uh, yeah, resolution yeah. and everything was artifacty. So I didn't see what was on the pad. You're telling me I didn't see her naked. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Great, I got the facts. You got the boobs. Yep, yep. Yeah, I guess it's a good trade. So yeah, so that's how he found her. Mm -hmm. And then um, the movie. So do you recommend this film? Um, you know. It's 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 a good artifact. See, the first time I saw this movie, it was, it, see, this movie was on. There was used to be a programming block on Cinemax late at night called Cinemax Vanguard, uh -huh. and it was on. It was like part of this programming block. It ran at like two in the morning on a Friday. I think I was in high school, and at high school age, me. Um, thought it was the most brilliant film he'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I kept thinking about it for years, and every once in a while someone's like, hey, can you, you know, in conversation someone will be like, what's the, what's a movie you really recommend? And I'm like, well, here's a really weird one that no one's ever seen, and you should hunt it down because it's like a crazy cult classic. And I didn't see it until the internet came around. And then revisited it, and and when you brought up your podcast, I was like, oh yeah, you got to see Scissors. Did you still think it was good? Um, no, I thought it was hilarious. Oh okay, <laughs> but I could see, yeah, definitely two things. It's just like a weird twist you've never seen before. Yeah, and then boobs and dolls. I looked it up on Wikipedia, and uh, apparently the writer of the film was like a an agent or a in in Hollywood in like the 1980s or no she was a casting director she was a casting director and an agent um it was based on a story by like a famous person by like a famous writer name i can't remember at the moment there's your trivia for there's your backstory trivia we'll put that on the website garbled backstory trivia we'll put it on our website it's uh, wikipedia.com and then put in scissors jesus christ we have to do everything you have a phone <laughs> if you're listening you're probably listening on your fucking phone anyway just go and click it Who's got time for this? Yeah, yeah. So that would, it would so surprise the person who wrote it was not a writer. No, 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 not no. at all. But it was based on a story. Somebody had thought about this for a long time. And which part? The first part or the second part? The whole thing, apparently. I don't know. I imagine Pretty, the second part. Yeah, because that seems to be like the actual creative contribution of this movie was locking someone in an apartment and psychologically torturing them. Yeah, I just wondered what what it was about the film because every time I brought it up, you're like, "Oh, we got to do this. We got to do scissors." Yeah, well, because I, up until I watched it a second time for this podcast, like my memory of it was that it was brilliant. I thought it was like a David Lynchian, like underappreciated masterwork. Wow. And uh, and then I realized it's just sort of like a weird movie. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird. The ending was great. We yeah. ruined it for you, but that was like the best part. Yeah. Yeah. And the dubbing was terrible. The dubbing was terrible, and there's characters that go nowhere. No. So do you still recommend this film? Yeah. Yeah, you do? Yeah. Is there a moral to this film? Um, no. I say don't go to him, the therapist. Don't go Spend to the extra 20 bucks to go to a regular therapist. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and never close the door behind you unless you're sure you can open it. That See, that's good advice. There you go. Uh, that's a good way to end. You, uh, Eric, of course, you created or co-created? How can we say uh, I produced... And old Jews telling jokes, the web series. Right, and, and then now. And now it's a now it's an it was an off Broadway play, and now it's in Chicago. That's so great. go see it in Chicago. My uh, my relatives went and saw it, and they loved it. And uh, go look old Jews telling jokes. Is your dad on it? 
Uh, yeah, he is. And yeah. my mother's on it. Yeah. So you can look up look up Spiegelman. And, and they're, two different they're not related either. Yeah, just ask my mother. She's like, I went to this thing, and this guy kept saying we're related. And I kept saying, no, fuck <laughs> you. We're not related. <laughs> I think that's when you realize it was a different Spiegelman when my mother started cursing like a sailor. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, that's the New York Spiegelmans. <laughs> not the Sherman Oaks Spiegelmans. Exactly. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com, at Proudly Resents, and go to our Facebook page. Talk about this movie and any others you can think of. Adam, we're we're out of time for this interview. Hey, if you're still listening to this, you're probably a lot like me. You're the kind of person who stays through the end credits of a movie. I like you. Um, Just consider this your little Easter egg. Here it is. Grasshopper walks into a bar and sits down, and the bartender says to him, you know, we have a drink named after you. And he said, really? You have a drink named Stanley? (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite joke. (laughs) Helen wakes up at 4 o'clock, and Lou is not in bed. So she goes downstairs and she sees him sitting at the kitchen table, having a cup of coffee, a tear running down his cheek, just looking at the wall wistfully. She goes, Lou, honey, what is, why are you up so early? He says, well, do you remember how young we were when we first started dating? And she goes, oh, of course I remember that. And he says, do you, do you remember how your father caught us making love in the back seat of the car? And she goes, oh, boy, I can't forget that. And he says, well, do you remember your father takes a gun, puts it to my head, and said, if you don't marry my daughter, I'm going to make sure you go to jail for 30 years. And she puts her hand on his his hand, and she goes, oh, I do remember that. So tears running down from his eye, and he says, I would have gotten out today. couple is uh, in divorce court and they're before the judge and the judge grants them a divorce and the woman says wait a minute I want to get and the judge says what's a get it's a Jewish divorce well what is a get and it's a kind of a ceremony it's a Jewish ceremony and the judge says you mean a ceremony kind of like a bris and she says yes except you get rid of the whole prick <laughs> <laughs>